What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call on the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Let the vineyards be fruitful, Lord, and fill to the brim our cup of blessing. Gather a harvest from the seeds that were sown, that we may be fed with the bread of life. Gather the hopes and dreams of all, unite them with the prayers we offer now. Grace our table with your presence, and give us a foretaste of the feast to come. Father, we thank thee who has planted thy holy name within our hearts. Knowledge and faith and life immortal, Jesus thy Son unto us imparts. Thou, Lord, didst make all for thy pleasure, didst give us food for all our days, giving in Christ the bread eternal. Thine is the power, be thine the praise. Watch o'er thy church, O Lord, in mercy. Save it from evil, guard it still. Perfect it in thy love, ignite it. Unite it and cleanse it, conformed to thy will. As grain, once scattered on the hillsides, was in this broken bread made one, so from all lands thy church be gathered, into thy kingdom by thy Son. We have throughout our courses of worship offertories that speak to the themes of gift giving, God giving, and our responding. Having worked through now so much of the divine service, we've seen the ebb and flow of the Lord providing promises in our responses. Now, having come to this side of the service of the word, the lessons for the day and the gospel lesson for the day and the preaching completed, it's now time to think about our response. Thinking about how the Lord has provided a multiplicity of gifts, first article gifts, being clothing and shoes, meat and drink, house and home, spouse, children, land, animals, and all that I have. That honestly considering that there isn't one thing that I have that has not been gift from the Lord. Now granted, we regularly think about how hard we work. Boy, I worked hard today. <laughs> I feel tired. Or I get to the end of the week and think about all that was or wasn't accomplished. But 
But most of us would imagine, you know, we worked hard. And the gifts that come from that work, well, we rightfully imagine ourselves to have earned those things. Here's my paycheck. Here's the efforts that I have put into the world, the, the love and the care and the pouring out of myself. Now it gets returned to me with a number. Associated, of course, with my government's number so that they know exactly all of those things, too, and get their fair share. Of course, October 15th is another deadline for that. But good gifts come in all kinds of ways, don't they? The challenges we are to think about and tempted as we are to imagine that these things are the rightful gifts back of, of our labors, we have to be honest with the fact that God owns it all. God has all things in his hands, including me, including all my efforts. Every, every ounce of effort in my own body, every ounce of breath that goes in and goes out again, every, every molecule that makes me up, it's all his. Every impulse to serve, every desire to, to do a, a good job, all of this comes from him. All of it is already his. When it came to the first episode outside of the Garden of Eden, we're faced with this contrast with Cain and Abel. Cain comes to the end of his week and he returns to the Lord a portion of of what has grown up under his care. And Abel grows up a portion of what the Lord has given to him, and he presents to the Lord the fat portions. <coughs> and it's not about the difference between a blood sacrifice or a grain offering, because the book of Leviticus is full of both of those kinds of offerings. No, the, the issue is a matter of the heart. Recognizing that, that this isn't a transaction. We're not buying God off. We are recognizing that he doesn't need anything. We need to give. Sacrificially, to remember that he owns it all, that everything we have belongs to him, and as an aspect and an attitude of worship, we will willingly release a representative portion of all of the things that he has delivered into our care to recognize where all of it came from in the first place. And to honor God for his good gifts. I have regularly found that it is impossible to outgive God. 
I have tried. <laughs> In the fleeting and, and, and the truly, uh, I would say, crazy efforts to say, try to be an example and to be out in front of the idea of generosity. As a matter of leadership, people watch, people look, and they, they see what all of our leaders do, whether they are political leaders or whether they're leaders in the church or they're leaders at work. And, and to think about what that means to provide leadership. But over and over and over again, I have been humbled regularly, consistently, that it is impossible to outgive God. Whenever there is the thought that I might get to the point of, of somehow, somehow meeting my obligation. He reminds me again. He reminds me again that there is no way. No way to even come close. So this is never going to be a transaction. This is never going to be about paying God off or making him happy with me because of some gift that I bring to the altar. It's always going to be Simply, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the, the things that I can see. And thank you for the things that I can't see even now. The forgiveness of sins that, that brings peace between me and you and, and our friends and neighbors, family around. Things that we will never be able to trace or track or compartmentalize or compute. And things that we cannot see until finally they come visible on the last day. Which of course is always really the first day. That first good grand, glorious day of his new heavens and new earth. So many things that we don't see now will then come present. And we thank God that he has already guaranteed all of that for us as well. First fruits. First fruits is a matter of recognizing that 100% comes from the Lord and that the first gift going back to him is a matter of faith. Because when I give to the Lord what he brings up first, that means I don't have it anymore. But I'm trusting that there's more on the way. That it's going to come that I may have to wait a little bit longer now, but that the harvest truly is going to be plentiful. Giving first fruits 
is an act of trust, an act of faith. It rests on the promise that God has given, I will be with you always. You rest securely in my hands. I've got you. He uses that promise to train us in faith and trust. To be ready to hold this world lightly. To hold it a little loosely for the sake of who's really in charge. To recognize that this is not all there is and this is not all we are striving for. But this is a matter of the usefulness of God's gifts, <coughs> service, time, and efforts for the sake of the kingdom of God. But first fruits language also now gets assigned to Jesus. This first fruit offering is first of all that that first grain that comes up in the anticipation of the next round that's coming. Jesus rises from the dead Easter Sunday morning. The first fruits of them that sleep. And so Paul is able to use that promise, that reality, as our guarantee, God's own pledge to you and to me, that because he lives, we will live also. Jesus, our representative portion, the reality of his resurrection now provides a promise that we will be raised as well. And we can trust it in between time. And in trusting that not only does he have my life in his hands, he has my eternal life in his hands, I am free. I am free to be generous. And not just within these walls, but throughout life. That there is a time and place for the distribution of love throughout the course of all of our days. God would have his people to be a generous people. Patterned after his own love that is super abundant. He keeps pouring into my cup so that my cup overflows. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He spreads that table in front of me in the, even in the presence of my enemies so that his abundance is even a testimony to the ones who are trying to tear me down. Paul will say to the Corinthians, the Christians around us are providing the offerings for the, 
the poor saints in Jerusalem because of the famines and the persecution there. The Christians around you in the churches around you are being generous because first of all they gave themselves completely to the Lord. And knowing that they were fully in the hands of the Lord <coughs> free to give generously to those they knew to be in need. This is a kind of sharing among the people of God within the body of Christ that is a dynamic work of the Holy Spirit. And it's not something that we can quantify and track that way, except as the Spirit leads. Now, among us here in the work of a congregation, we make commitments to one another. Commitments of love and time, commitments of generosity, and even, yes, of treasures. There are, there are things that we plan to do. There are hopes for the mission of God that we hope to accomplish. Those are charted out in programs and calendars and efforts of boards and efforts of staff here at the congregation. And we all are in this together. It's a collaborative effort. But it's only one of the many things that God is doing in the world. And we pray that over the course of the next year and the next years, that God will continue to be manifested and give clear words of promise and gospel through all of the efforts that happen here in this place. Whether it is the work of Sunday morning, or whether it's the work of putting hands together in the service on Monday through Saturday. We pray that the Lord of heaven and earth will be manifested in everything that we do. We support one another in time and talents and in our treasures, so that the Lord and his word is like an ongoing stream, a never-ending flowing gift of love for the sake of the world and his people. I would pray that there will always be a place for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be provided in Pulaski County. And the Lord will make that happen. Whether we're here or not, but I pray that God will continue to hold up and establish, make firm, and grow deep roots in this place so that the clarity of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ and the promise of eternal life in Him is never clouded over but always is lifted high with the cross in hope of his resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen.